This podcast is brought to you by Leopard, your guide to tailor-made travel in Southern Africa. To find out more about what we do at Leopard, visit leopard.voyage. Due to some listeners may not be familiar with South African art and artists, so perhaps we can start our discussion with some of the internationally renowned South African artists. Who are some of the famous South African artists that you are familiar with? Mm, there's Gog Esther Mahlangu. She's the one who creates the Indebele paintings. Um, there is Mary Sibande. She won the Cecil Award a couple of years ago, and she creates these sculptures of um, a woman in garb. Well, like, for instance, one has like a Superman shirt, and she's referencing domestic uh, labor. Uh, William Kentridge, we have Zanella Moholi. One that is really opening um, a space for people to view art more is Nelson Makamo. And then we have Rasta, who's like a parody type of artist. We have also Mama Khabo Helen Sibidi. She's like one of the older ones. So there's a, like a few that people might recognize when they see the work or hear their names. I remember seeing some of Mary Sibande's work, actually, mm -hmm. walking with Joe in, in the town and um, seeing photographs of her sculptures mm -hmm. of Sophie, which were so impressive. And I saw an exhibition, actually, at the Standard Bank Art Gallery. Mm -hmm. William Kentridge, I was also familiar with, I saw his production of The Magic Flute in Joburg in 2017. And I'm not a huge fan of opera, I think just because I don't understand it that well. But um, the film that he made mm -hmm. with this charcoal sketching that accompanied yes. the opera was amazing. I still remember it 14 years later. So, yeah, those are two of the artists that you mentioned that I'm familiar with. Mm. So this podcast series is all about the incredible diversity found here in South Africa. And diversity is clearly present in our art and our artists as well. Who are some of the emerging South African artists who are not currently well-known internationally, but should be? Cute. <laughs> Tons. But anyway, um who stands out for me currently there is um Lebuhang Klako. she's like a photographer and then also video she's into video and she also like has really cool like earrings that she sells and bags and she's also known as sister Boza. there's Puleng Mungale there's Amhelang um, Maepa she's into sculpture um Cynthia Mulanga Sifa she's like sort of starting to enter the international space and she's in printing and painting. Um, there's Helena Uambambe. She's a performance artist, a printer. Uh, yeah, and she's into research. There's Vielo Maluleke. She's a poet and performance artist. Um, and so on, so on, so on, so on, so on. So many to mention, <laughs> and yourself included. So, so you exhibited at your first international art fair in London, mm. uh, 154, and that was in 2019 with Berman Contemporary. What was the reaction from the attendees? Uh, it was actually 2020, so oh, it was last year. Okay. And the reaction was oh, way better than I ever expected. I mean, and like some people actually DM'd me in my Instagram or my Facebook and actually reached out and were like, oh, wow, your work. As I walked into the space, I felt a bit of a calm or like it was like a sanctuary. Um, I was told that they really enjoyed the detail and how it was so 
complex but simple, like tough, yet it's very, very soft, um, very considered. So yeah, for me, when people told me that, and most of them were like, wow, I felt like calm and like in a really, you know, meditative or they felt very present in the space. I was just like, wow, I did the things like that was like what I was trying to do. Yeah, it was really special, actually. Yeah, it's a great feeling when you set out to achieve something and mm-hmm. you actually get feedback that you've done that. Mm. Dudu, how would you introduce or describe your work yeah. to someone who wasn't familiar with it? Okay, so my work is very different in the sense that once you see it, you don't really know what you're looking at until you get closer and then you're able to really see the details or the way I've worked with the materials. I love using shapes. I love using colors. I love, um, you know, playing or experimenting with what I'm doing. And it's very intuitive, experimental, um, and playful, actually. And the playfulness is very intentional in a way. So as much as I'm just trying to experiment and see what's happening, um, I'm trying to figure out for myself how I feel in it or uh yeah what it means what i'm making really it's a constant learning of what i'm doing in front of me and yeah it's it's visually interesting i would say <laughs> yeah i would agree i went to see her work <laughs> at the berman um, contemporary gallery and i i'd say and the work i saw had a lot of thread you used a lot of thread in the la- in your last body of work mm. So we'll wait and see uh, what you're going to be doing in your next body of work. But would you say your work is abstract? And what would your interpretation of that mm, be? Very abstract where you, you can't really reference anything that we usually know. Um, you wouldn't see a face. You wouldn't see an eye. And it's mostly shapes and color and form rather than something you can spot and be like, this, this, this and this. And it's also abstract is a bit playful and as a viewer, it makes you wonder or it's very mysterious. So you might see this artwork and it's like, what is going on in this person's mind? And that makes you engage with it more and really try to understand what the the artist was trying to make. And it's also abstract for me is like a feeling. So you see this artwork and a feeling comes to you right away as opposed to being told what to look at Um, when it's a painted face, you know, not to take away from people who paint faces, but yeah, it's abstract art to me is a bit more of what you feel once you see it or engage with it. Why are you drawn to textiles, Didi? I feel like textile has so many possibilities. Um, It's layered, you know. If you zoom into the smallest part of anything textile, it has so many intricacies and, you know, details. Um, And it carries so much history. It carries so much stories, you know, creativity. Um, And then there's the sensory of it, like touching it. You know, textile can be rough. It can be soft. It can be hard. It can, you know, it can change. So I enjoy the ideas that, that it it can expand like textile can just go on and change and evolve and yeah and on top of that i like clothes so 
to go a bit deeper then into the what the artist is feeling as they're creating the work. Um, one of the themes in your work is mental health and anxiety. How is that present in your artworks? And do you use your art as a thera- therapeutic way to relieve anxiety? Yeah, definitely. Um, because it's very methodical. Like I'm constantly either sewing or writing or I really have to be focused um, I really have to be in that moment to create what I make. And that calms me down because anxiety is always like on fleek. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it really calms me and it really helps me, you know, really be aware of my spaces, where I'm at, and really helps me process everything that's going on. Yeah. So you're obviously in quite a calm state of mind when you're creating it. And that's why you said at the beginning of the podcast that it was quite nice to see that people picked up on that, mm. that they felt that calmness Definitely. when they saw your work exhibited Definitely. in London. Mm. You're currently creating and working on a new body of work. What can you tell us about it? I know that there were some hidden clues in your previous <laughs> body of work mm. um, as to the new colors that you might or might not be using. So your previous body of work was red and black. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about what you're working on right now? What I'm working on right now, where it started, actually was like um, a, a fresh start from what last year was. Um, I wanted to carry on with the red and black, but black just is what I was using for most of it. It just it's, it stuck with me. And from there, it's traveled a bit. Um, and... I was thinking about it, like, actually, what I'm creating now is me processing everything that happened last year, because as much as we think of 2020 as COVID, it was so late, it was way more than that, and we've had to really process all of that, and yeah, the beginning of this year has been that, and that's what, like, it's translating into my work, and I think also, um, I'm as much as my work has always been about the anxiety and the mental health, it's also making me realize because there's been so many changes since last year that now I'm in a process of expansion and trying to align and not even trying to align, aligning in different ways. So yeah, that's what's coming out in this new body of work. And in terms of colors, like I wanted to carry on with the red and black, but <laughs> life is life. And so, um, yeah, the colors are going to be experimental too um, because, I mean, we're expanding. And that's what, yeah, that's my only clue that I can give is that circles, <laughs> lots and lots of circles. You're, you have a passion for circles. Yeah, I'm obsessed. I am obsessed. This is what I think about all day, every day. Even when I go back, I'm going to be doing my circles because I feel like um, throughout my, well, career, I've always had a circle in some part of my work. And even there's times when I'm like, I can't do it anymore. I don't want any more circles. But at some point, they come back after me and they chase me down until I have to sit with them again. So I'm at a point right now where I'm like okay I'm enjoying your company right now so let's see let's go until I can't take you anymore um and the visions I have with what I'm trying to create yo I don't mind like I feel like I can do this for the next two years (laughs) and maybe excited yeah Maybe it's a sign that as we walked into the studio the listeners won't be able to see um but there's behind you do there's a 
a carpet with black and orange circles. Well, orange circles on a black background, so mm-hmm. maybe that's a sign that right. circles follow you everywhere. everywhere. Um, what about your favorite piece so far? I know that's quite a difficult question to ask, <laughs> but do you have a favorite or a few favorites? Many favorites. Um, well, okay, so sorry to the ones who, that I don't mention, but um, yeah, I think when... I was mostly doing my printmaking. There was this artwork, well, this diptych called Night and Day, and it was a lino cut and lethal print where I was able to um, put, oh, it was so cool, put, well, the one print is the day representation of the city, and um, the lethal was me writing about love. And then the night is the opposite of that, so they worked together very well. That was one of my favorite pieces because even I had a vision like I had to get it right and it came out perfect then there was pink things also a print um my textbooks like for instance the ones that I did at 154 those are definitely favorites because I had done a few before and I was very shy of like putting it putting them out into the public because I write really personal things in there and even with having to do that for 154 I was, I've, I noticed how brave I became in what I wrote. Um, so those are favorites because uh, it's, it's just showing growth and yeah, really coming into myself. Um, oh, these circles, obviously, these are definitely favorites. They might top every every single thing I've done. And phew, um, yeah, yo, yo, yo. Some of them, yeah, some pieces I make and I can't, give them away because it's like this is just too good I have to keep it for myself so there's a few sitting in my studio or in my place where they, they are mine um, but yeah there's I can't there's too many and more to come probably yeah yeah what inspires you to create Dudu? Yeah, um, definitely my family definitely the city um, there's something about the city that I enjoy nature funny enough nature I'm very nature orientated but yeah, I like the opposites. Like, I'm very quiet. I'm very, I love nature. I love everything that it feeds me. And then the city has this buzz where it's like, I feel like I can own it. Um, um, seeing other artists, of course, other black woman artists doing the thing that's very inspiring. Um, detail and sensory things actually touch that inspires me sound that that inspires me um seeing like there's so much to see like there's so much to see in the world and I feel like I've only seen a portion of it so I'm constantly trying to you know be in different spaces and see and learn um yeah and also different forms of, of expression is inspiring because it's like um wow it's like what kind of minds do people have, you know? Being in the art space, it's just like you see that we have so many differences, yet so many commonalities, but so many differences. And it's just like the world is so big and so <laughs> untouchable and so eternal. Like It just goes on and on and on. So, yeah, those are some of the things that inspire me. Also, actually, um, something that actually catches me off guard each time is when like somebody who's 
maybe still studying and they've seen my work somewhere and they come up to me or DM me and be like, oh, they inspired by me. By me. And I'm just like, what? Me? No. I'm, ah. But that's also inspiring because it's like if that means um, you're going to try or you're going to, you know, keep doing what you're doing and that's one of the, I'm one of the reasons and I'll definitely not stop. You have to come <laughs> with me, you know. Um, yeah, those are most of the things. So um, it's amazing that you inspire people and that, that's a fantastic thing to continue yeah. with. You also mentioned that some you're inspired by some other artists. Are mm. you? Can you mention some names of some artists who inspire you currently? Yeah, we have oof, we have Pamela um, Patsimo-Sandstrom. She's uh, based in London, if I'm correct. Yeah kind of forgot where she's based right now but then she, oh, she her work is it touches on migration and different spaces and histories and um and she also reads a lot and i know one of her recent works was based on a book by Bessie head and i love the visuals that she uses um she interplays like her different well, she uses her own body mostly in her in her work, and um, she might, for instance, put two at the same time, and one is like in terms of future or like intergalactic kind of ideas, and then the one is in terms of history and how the two play together. Her work is very beautiful. There's Lumiswa Gumka. She touches on ideas of like what um alcohol has done to the community or the black community and how it was um, entrenched in us during uh, apartheid times and her use of materials is very mind-blowing um, she does amazing work this is probably a biased shout out but there's Malibona Maputi like she's actually my flatmate and I see how she like is constantly working to like she's shooting for the stars um, then we have, oh, there's Lebuhang Mabusela, um, also known as Monotype Babe. She's a printmaker and she, she had a call out, for instance, last year she had a call out where she wanted to have her own print studio and her own print, well, printing press. And, you know, she got it and she's been printing with artists ever since. And she got like a studio at back factory and she does not stop. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. I, the things that she is like really cunning for, I feel like she's going to receive. Um, yeah, there's a few more. There's a few more. You've given listeners, I think, quite a few people to to, to research up. and look mm -hmm. up. And uh, yeah, they, all of that work sounds incredibly inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. You've said that you would like to collaborate with other artists. Have mm. you done any collaborations or planning any? Um, in the beginning of the year, I actually did get to work with Lebu Hang, Mabusela, also known as Monotype Babe. Um, she had this 9 out of 10 um, uh, artist's uh, workshop where she got nine women artists to come and print with her, which was very cool. And then currently I'm working on an exhibition at, I don't want to say two men, but one woman, one man exhibition. <laughs> Um, with an uh, artist friend of mine, but I, that's still very in the new stage, so I won't mention any names. And then also I'm trying to enter the fashion world because I've always been, I mean, number one, I like 
to dress up and personally i feel like i have a sense of style so i need i'm, I'm i've always been interested in how i'm going i can incorporate my artwork into fashion so i'm also working with an old colleague of mine who's also brilliant at um his fashion direction and um creation so yeah mm-hmm. those are those are long in the long term type of uh, collaborations but they definitely already rolling sounds like some cool cool projects that you've got planned there mm-hmm. and what about some challenges that you faced i'm sure you've chased, uh, faced many as an emerging artist in yeah. south africa do you want to speak about some of them yeah i mean first of all i'll just mention like already like the society the conception of the misconception of what art is in society is so terrible um it's so belittled as if already for instance in the studio having a mic had to come from creativity you know every single thing had to come from creativity and yet we're not taken seriously we're the pits in terms of what society thinks a person should be and for for example just like the government and the NAC um already mismanaging i put that in quotes um mismanaging 3 million dollars um rands in funds that were supposed to go to artists so they can um you know live during the covid times you know for assistance and that was mismanaged that's <laughs> um so already that's that's a that's a societal uh, misconception of what of how important artists are and also funding i think funding is a is a big thing cuz i remember i did a, a residency at the beginning of the of last year end of 2019 and it was i was so fortunate because it was funded and that's when i realized wow when you're funded, you can really do whatever you want. Your creativity is not limited. Um, so you have options. Um, so funding is one of the main issues that we, I and we uh, struggle with. And luckily, I've, luckily, my family is very supportive. So in that sense, I don't really struggle with that. My family is my team in terms of if I need things done, I can call on them and they're there. But outside of that, yeah, I think society just needs to get themselves together. And I pre- and appreciate the value and the commentary that artists offer around like issues that we're facing in our society right. today. So, and any mm, sorry, so yeah? so much to learn. Like and it's so interesting because when you do go into the community and they see you're an artist, they're so fascinated. But when it's time to really work with you or engage with you or you know learn from me then it's just like this one is you know all jokes but anyway and any particular particular challenges as a female artist like you've spoken generally about a challenge as an artist Mm. something particular being female yeah i mean already i couldn't find the most recent stats but the stats from 2010 already only 13 percent of um artists are women and they and these are the ones that live off their craft so only 13 percent and then of that percentage um of that 13 percent one percent is colored black or indian so 
I mean, we have tons of women artists who are so important in the community, um, who have so much important things to say and share and we can learn from, but we're women, so obviously not good enough. Um, yeah, I think having the spaces, and as much as it's happening a bit more and more, we're seeing it happen where there are spaces opening up for women, there are spaces, and for queer and femme, you know, um, LGBTQI community, um, those spaces are happening little by little, but it's not yet enough. And yeah, I just feel like also in communities, um, it's harder for the woman to become an artist because you have so many other responsibilities. Let's say you're a mother or let's say you have to take care of your siblings. Um, you're the one who's assigned to cooking just because you're the woman in the house. You know, you don't have that much time to spend with your work as opposed to the male who's, you know, who's got the world at his feet. So, yeah, those are those are most of it. <laughs> Um, to change the subject slightly and to mm -hmm. speak about your name, which I found very interesting. <laughs> so your name is Duduzile More, but you're known as Dudu Bloom. Yes. What was the reason for the modification to Bloom? For me, um, when I this well just started drawing and when I had just discovered that this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life, I was like, wow, I'm in this process of blooming. And so Dudu Bloom. That's how it came out. That's a beautiful word, and it reminds me of flowers too, and, and opening up, mm. and and color and beauty. Mm. Your surname is also interesting. Uh, seeing it down or seeing it written down, um, a native English speaker will pronounce it more, which I think is also quite a fun surname to have because it invokes feelings of abundance. Yeah. But it's actually pronounced more. What is the origin of your surname? So, Kamutswana, my surname is a Tswana surname, and um, we are part of the Bakwena royal tribe, and it actually means tree, and yeah, so that's where it comes from, and I love that it also plays on the bloom, because a tree, a plant, it blooms, so do do bloom, it all works, and all aligns together, but yeah, it's I'm from the Bakwena tribe, royal tribe, and I learned recently that, um, uh, and it's it's a tree, but it's, I used to think that it's a particular type of tree, but no, it's actually generalized tree or, or plant. And I learned that uh, the plural of more is miri. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I, that's been playing in my mind um, a bit. I might name one of my artworks miri. Yeah, interesting. That's very interesting. So you spent your childhood between the two cities of Pretoria and Soweto. Um, how has your upbringing between these two cities with their different energies mm. influenced your art? In different ways, because for me, Pretoria was a bit calmer. People in Pretoria are way nicer than in Joburg. And I will never take that back, guys. I mean it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think... Uh, as much as my upbringing was a bit, uh, we moved around a lot when I was a child. And so that was a bit shaky, but it was a bit calmer in terms of the people, in terms of the pace. Um, and yeah, even I think I was 
there was more nature around me as a child. And then coming to Joburg, complete switch up. Um, the pace is faster. It's about go, 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 go. Um, so I think my work tends to have differences in all of it. Like it's either soft and hard or um, really abrupt or very calm or, you know, it ha- there's always a difference. And I think the two spaces, the two cities um, have really, in- well, influenced me in that sense. And um, even now I love being in the city as much as whew, I could go for a weekend away in quietness. Being in the city drives me to keep going as well. And yeah, I think I carry each space in me and through my work. If people want to know more about your art, Dudu, where can they find you? Mm-hmm. Um, so I am represented by Berman Contemporary and uh, they can go on to the website, bermancontemporary.com and find my body of work from there. They can find me on Instagram as much as I'm not the most Instagramming person. Instagram, Dudu Bloom. Facebook, Dudu Bloom More. Yeah, that's where that's I'm at. Mm-hmm. And a simple Google search also. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you can do that too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for your time today, Dudu. Thank you for having me. It was really cool. Thanks for listening to this episode. To find out more about what we do at Leopard, visit leopard.voyage. Thank you.